Well, thanks for being here. Welcome to Northridge. Uh, for those of you who are, it's your first time, we just want to say welcome to you. Glad to have you here. Um, thank you for being our guest today and allowing us to serve you. So glad to have you. Today we are in the second Sunday of Advent. The second Sunday of Advent is really the Advent season is all about kind of what we talked about just a few moments ago, which is preparing our heart. It is such a big deal that we have to prepare our heart. We have to prepare our soul. We have to prepare our mind to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus. It's such a momentous thing that there's a whole season that we call Advent leading up to it. And so on this second Sunday of Advent, we are in the second message in our series called Refocus Christmas, where we are talking about the players, the major players in the Christmas story and how they focused on God, how they focused on Jesus and how that means you and I, all of us, need to focus on Jesus. So that is our goal uh, through this series, is to tell the Christmas story and to know what focus we should have in this Christmas season, in the Advent. So last week we talked a little bit about Joseph and Mary, and we talked about how their vision of God was very clear. It was very clear they had incredible faith in God, so that when God came to Mary and then came to Joseph and asked and said, Hey, I need you to be the mother, earthly mother, and earthly father of the Savior of the world. They immediately took it on. They immediately said, Yes, okay, whatever you say, we'll do that. We're in. Because their clear vision of God had prepared them for that. Today, we're going to take another step into the Christmas story. We're going to talk about a little bit of what you saw on the video there, uh, the shepherds, the shepherds. And so we're going to look at this. Um, if you like to follow along with Scripture, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2 in just a moment. Luke chapter 2, you can turn there. But let me talk about this for just a minute. Jesus has just been born is where we're at in the story. Jesus has just been born in the little town of Bethlehem. But there's some fields just outside of Bethlehem where there's a bunch of sheep. And there's some lowly shepherds out on that field. And it's the middle of the night. I don't know exactly what time it was, but it was late. And it was in the night. And the shepherds were out there watching their flocks, guarding them, making sure they were safe. And what's amazing about this part of the Christmas story is not that there were shepherds and not that they were taking care of the sheep and not that even, yes, it's cool that Jesus is born and that he's born in Bethlehem. But maybe the, the really amazing part about this part of the story is who God chooses to get the word out. Who God chooses to get the word out. He goes to a group of lowly shepherds, literally the bottom rung of society at that time. He goes to the shepherds and he says, I want you guys to share the news that Jesus is born. And it's an amazing thing. So what I want to do is I want to jump in. We'll stop in the middle of this and kind of talk about it. And then we'll jump in and talk about the rest of it. But Luke ch chapter 2 verse 8 is where we're going to start. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Talk about a wake-up call. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, Messiah, the Lord, 
has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, (laughs) praising God and saying, by the way, if they weren't scared before, they are now. Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Now, the shepherds at this point, we're going to stop there for a minute, and there's a little bit more to the story. But we're going to stop there. But this is pretty amazing because the shepherds, they're sitting there and then like, boom, there's an angel. (laughs) And then, boom, there's like thousands of them. And they're going, well, this is new. This is, this is different. And they get this incredible joy, this incredible news. Something that they've been waiting for for hundreds, literally hundreds of years. And the angel says, guess what? It's happened. And they had a lot of choices as to what they could do at that point. You know, they could have gotten on Twitter right away and started just tweeting like crazy. You know, Facebook it, post it, get a snapshot of that. Get out your phone, man. Right. But they didn't do that. They didn't they didn't do this, that and the other. What did they do? They did something that I think is our first point this morning. I think is something that we need to take note of. It's subtle. The Bible doesn't make a big deal about it, but I think it's a huge deal. What did they do? The shepherds left. And what did they say at the very end there? They said, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go see Jesus. Let's put our focus not on our sheep anymore, not on, whoa, what just happened in the sky? Let's go to this thing that has just happened that they've talked about, the birth of the Lord and Savior, the Messiah of the world. And I think that the first point that we need to take note of is that the first thing we need to do above all else, focus on God. Our vision is, needs to be centered, our gaze, so to speak, needs to be focused on God, on Christ himself. The shepherds, before they went around and started telling everybody what had happened, let's be honest, that would be, that would be my tendency as well. I'd be like, whoa, did you, this is awesome, I need to tell you this, this is fantastic, you wouldn't believe it. But no, they didn't. First, they went to focus on Jesus and allow his presence to impact them. Change them. In fact, I think the angel part was cool. You know what I think they were actually changed? When they were in the presence of Jesus. And they went and they focused everything on Jesus first. And then what happens? What did the shepherds do after they put all their focus on him? Let's read it. Verse 16. Then they, the shepherds, hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, after being with him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the stories, the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. So in other words, the shepherds get this amazing news. And then the first thing they do is they go, we need to go be in the presence of this Jesus. We need to focus everything, all of our 
our, what we're looking at, all of our heart, all of our life needs to focus on Him. And they went there and they were changed. They were moved. And they did what really only we can do if we are truly changed by Jesus. They went out and they started letting everybody know about this amazing thing that has happened to them. Not about this thing that just occurred, but this amazing thing that changed them. Do you see the difference? It is one thing to tell a story about something. It is one thing, another thing entirely to tell a story about something that has happened to you. Isn't that right? When you hear somebody tell a story, third person, or the person that it happened to, there's a big difference there, isn't there? The shepherds went out and told everyone about it and gives us the second point. There's two things I want to take. First was focus on God. The shepherds exemplify that. But then secondly, the second thing that they exemplify is helping others to focus on God. They allowed Jesus to impact and change them. And then they said, listen, I think that you will really be moved and changed by this too. And they told everyone about it. And yes, eventually they went back to their flocks, but they went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God. Do you think that their focus in life had been changed? Absolutely, dramatically had been changed. Their purpose in life had been shifted. In fact, let me ask this question. Is it possible that the whole point of Christmas... Is it possible that the whole point of sending angels to the shepherds that night was to simply refocus their life? Was to simply refocus their vision on whatever it was. For the shepherds, it was sheep. For us, I don't know what it might be. But is the whole point of Christmas to refocus, to laser us in on Christ, on Jesus himself? We talked a little bit about, and you saw the title of the message today is Peripheral Vision. I am not an eye doctor. Um, I'm far from it, in fact. I know very little. Uh, You're going to find out very quickly this morning. (laughs) I am no expert on this. Um, But peripheral vision, uh, by the way, I do have a cousin, and he is an optometrist. And so I have emailed him a lot this week. (laughs) I have. (laughs) I'm like, hey, tell me about this a little bit. I don't even know how to say this. Um, and he's like, okay, here's it, you know, blah, blah. And, and so we've been talking, but peripheral vision, I want to just share a little bit about peripheral vision. Um, peripheral vision, uh, you have, when you look at something, your eye has two different basic receptors in it. Some of you probably heard of these. You have cones and you have rods, okay? And the cones and the rods, the cones are the things that give us the most detail. They, they tell you all the detail. They give you us color. They give us size, shape, all those things. It's where we focus on cones give us incredible detail. Rods, on the other hand, the other receptors, they give us basically just kind of a vague, blurry idea of what's going on. They show us movement. They don't show us color. They don't show us great detail. They're basically just there to let us know something's there, essentially. The cones receptors are the things that give us the greatest detail. Now, if you look at this uh, diagram, 
All right. You can see that at the center of our focus, that black arrow is basically illustrating the thing that you are looking at with your eyes. Whatever you are looking at, whatever you're focused on, then that image, and you have to be focused on it. So the drums over there, I know they're there, and I can barely see them with my eyes right now looking out that way. Okay? So we're not talking about that. We're talking about what you're actually looking at, what you're training your eyes on. That hits the back part of the eye, and at that back part of the eye is called the macula. All right? Uh, I thought it was called the fovea until I emailed my cousin, and he said, actually, I don't know who did that, but in the medical community, it's known, the whole thing is known as the macula, just so you know. Uh, good to know. Okay. I'm learning something. I'm, un- I'm unlearning and learning something. This is good. But that point hits the back of the eye, and at that spot on the eye, where you focus your eyes, there are no rods, none. It's only cones, because that is going to give you the greatest clarity, the greatest detail, whatever you're looking at. Okay, This is why I bring this up. You can see the red dots, that illustrates where the most cones are. And you can see it's all cones where that image is that you're looking at directly, Okay, where your focus is. So this is why I bring all of this up. I think that God was in the shepherd's field of vision, but I think he was in their peripheral vision. Okay? I don't know that for sure. God didn't say, thou shalt be in their peripheral vision, and so I sent an angel. Doesn't say that. But I think that God was something that they knew about. I think that they had heard of the scriptures of the Old Testament. By the way, it wasn't called the Old Testament back then because it was only the Old Testament. It's called the law. It's called the Torah. And so they knew about the Torah. They knew, had heard about the scriptures. They probably have heard about a promised Messiah. They probably knew about God. He was in their peripheral vision. He was there. They didn't know a lot about him. There certainly wasn't all the relevance. Well, God became really relevant that night, didn't he? Like intensely so. I think that God took it from the peripheral smack dab right in the center of their gaze. And he said, that's where I need to be. That's where I need to be. And he refocused the shepherd's vision for their life. Now, this is what I want to do. Taking a look at that diagram, what if this diagram up there, what if this does not now, no longer shows us the physical ability of the human eye? What if we took this diagram and and we actually changed it and this diagram actually tells us of our spiritual sensitivity, the, the spiritual sensitivity of our soul. What if this diagram illustrates that instead? Okay? If you look at it that way, the red dots, the cones, the most detail, where we're focused on, would be where we can hear God, where we can see God, where we can know God the most intimately, the most in detail. In other words, where our heart, where our life is focused is where it's going to hit the most detail, where we're going to know more about God, but where we're going to know more God. Knowing about God and knowing God are two different things, radically different. And so if you look at this, if you see, if you are looking at something else, okay, career, for example, God would have to be in the peripheral. If you're focused entirely on career, God's over here somewhere. Maybe he's closer over here. Maybe you know, maybe there's a lot of it over there, but it's still just kind of, you know, he flutters. Peripheral. 
in order to have a clear view of God, in order to hear from God the best, is it possible that we need to make sure he's the center of our gaze where all those red dots are? Is it possible that God needs our life to be focused so intently on him that we can see him in detail? Have you ever wanted to know God in detail? If you've ever asked a question of God, if you've ever wondered why he does something the way he does, I'm thinking we're probably talking about detail. What is God really like? What is his true character? What does God want for my life? Have you ever wondered those things? This is, I think we're talking about focus. How many of us, I, I know I've said these kind of things. How many of us have ever said, you know, I wish, uh, I, I feel like I should be in church more. Or, uh, I wish I would open the Bible more, right? I've said those two things many times, especially the Bible one. Uh, I, I wish I could get that, get into that more. Uh, how many of us would say, I need to, I need to volunteer more. I just, I know I need to do it. I just haven't done it. I need to, you know, help this person that, that God has had on my radar for a long time. They, they're a neighbor of mine. They're in my peripheral and, and God wants to bring center focus. And, and maybe we just, we, we don't, you know those people that you kind of walk by and you hope maybe they don't see you? Have you ever done that? I've done that. I have. I'm like, I'll just walk by and I'll act like I'm doing this. And then they call my name. I'm like, oh, hey, how you doing? It's, I didn't, <laughs> yeah, okay. And I think that God has those kind of things in our peripheral vision all the time. He says, listen, hey, Bring, bring this to the focus. Look, you can, I have you there for a reason. You're going to help this person. And Jesus says, here, put me in the center. We're going to do some awesome things, but I, I need to be in the center of your gaze. You need to know more about me. You need to know me. And, and this, is, this is how you're going to do that. You need to be in the center of your gaze, right in the center of your focus. I think this is one of the biggest things. Perhaps, is it possible? Is it possible? That those little twinges of guilt, those little questions that pop up, those people that we maybe feel like we should engage but we want to avoid, is it possible that those little nudges, those little taps are from God saying, I need your gaze to refocus just a bit? Is it possible that he wants us to shift our eyes, shift our life just a little bit in order to focus a little bit differently? Is it possible that those nudges are just helping us to see that? Think about it. What happens in peripheral vision? Okay? If you've ever like, okay, this is my world. So you guys, you guys get a window into my world all the time, don't you? I'm sorry about that, by the way. I apologize. Um, but have you ever stood in the middle of the yard in like the summer when you, you know, your kids and there's a whole bunch of neighbor kids playing in the yard and you're trying to talk with the adults there? You know, have you ever had that and you see something in your peripheral vision? Let me just tell you when you see that you probably need to reshift your focus quickly because there's a good possibility that whatever that is that's moving is about to hit you in the face. I'm just saying. Their aim is not that great at this point. Just saying. Is it possible that these little nudges are kind of like that in our peripheral vision? It's God saying, watch out for this. This is going to trip you up. I need you to refocus just a little bit so that you can pay attention and you can see that coming and we're going to work together on this. Is it possible those nudges in life are to re help us refocus and maybe avoid those, those barriers, those trip-ups? Maybe it's to help us to get down on that right path and we need our eyes to focus there first. I was talking with um, someone 
just this past week, actually, had coffee with him. And uh, it's very interesting that we ended up on this topic because I hadn't even worked out some of the stuff for this and at least the details. And, uh, and he was sharing with, this, uh, with me a couple of things. And he'd said, I made a couple of very specific and intentional choices in the last few months. And he was sharing this with me, and I was just amazed. I'm like, this is incredible. This is like what we're talking about on Sunday. This is, thank you, Lord. <laughs> and he's sharing this. And I wanted to share these two things with you that he made, the, these changes in his life, because I think that they're incredibly powerful. And I think that they're practical. There's something that you and I could tackle now, like this morning. These are the two things. The first thing that he said he started to do, is he started to wake up in his He's made an intentional decision. He said it's a struggle, but it's an intentional decision to be positive, to look at the positive side of life every day. And he said it's, it's really been intense for me because I'm around a lot of negative people. I'm around a lot of negativity every day part of where he works and and some other things. And he was sharing this with me. And he said, it's been really a struggle, but I've made the decision to look at the positive side. So when people start railing on somebody else or talking about this, that, or the other, he says, I try to see whatever they're saying and see the positive side of it. And I sometimes even try to offer that. And he said, I get up in the morning and I look at the positive side. He said, it's a game changer for me. It has changed my life. Because he said, now I focus on God and the things, the blessings that he's given to me. And he said, I go into my day with the right focus. It's like, there you go. And it's amazing. And then he shared a second thing that he has done that has helped him to do that first thing. The second thing that he said that he tried to do is, and he was just kind of convicted of this. He was sitting and listening to some some things at Northridge. And and he was was talking about this. And he said, "Uh, I realized that I needed to get into the word of God. I needed to get into the Bible myself instead of waiting until Sunday morning. And so he said, I I made that commitment. I started, you know, to to really, okay, I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it on my own. I'm going to read a few verses a day. It's going to be great. And he said, it just, it wasn't going well. It wasn't working. And he said, you know why it wasn't? It's because I have my Bible next to my bed in my bedroom. And he said, it just sat there. You know, he'd go to bed and he'd be so tired. And, you know, then he'd get up and he's like, you know, he'd get into his day and the Bible just sat next to his bed. Just sat there, never opened it, or it would open it very rarely. And he said, you know what I had to do? He said, I made a very small, very simple change. I took that Bible, I picked it up, and I took it out into the kitchen. And he said, I laid it open on the kitchen table, and I leave it open on the kitchen table. He said, it's still there every morning. He said, I have have breakfast at that table every morning. He said, you know what I do? I have breakfast, and I read the Bible. He said, I read from one bold heading to the next. (laughs) I said, perfect. He said, it works. It's just about the right amount of time. I eat my breakfast and I read the word of God. He said, it's changed everything for me. He said, I'm learning about it. He said, I don't understand at least half of it. (laughs) I said, welcome to my life too, brother. (laughs) And I've got to preach on this stuff. (laughs) But he said, it's amazing though. He said, it's so good. And he said, the game changer was I lay it open and it's right there. It has refocused my breakfast time. I share that to say, is it possible that focusing on Christ, focusing on Jesus, all it would take is a simple change. A simple shift in where you place your Bible. 
a simple change, a simple shift, maybe in how you talk to somebody, how you greet somebody in the morning, how you greet somebody after you come home from work. A simple change in, in maybe how you think when you get up. Maybe the first thing that you do in the morning, you do something different to change your whole day. Refocus it on God. Is it perhaps that's all it would take is a small change? And that's what I want to challenge you with today is this question. What is one small, simple practical change you can make to begin refocusing your life on God and His purpose. Can we be honest? All of us in here have one of those that we can do. I've been walking with Christ for a long time and I have a list of small changes that I need to make. There's a list of big ones too. Okay? It's, not a, it's not really a question of whether this, not, this needs to happen for you. The question is, what is it? What is it? What is it that you're willing to tackle right now? What is that small change that God is asking you to make in your life right now? Maybe he's been asking for a long time. Answer that question, and I believe God will lead you to an amazing answer. Small changes lead to big changes, don't they? Slowly, 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 and all of a sudden, there's a huge change, a huge difference in your life. Worship band's going to come up. Let's just pray for that right now. God, I pray that you would help us to be honest with you and honest with ourselves and to answer that question Lord, make it really clear to us. God, I, I pray that you would, I pray that it would be as blatantly obvious to us the change that we need to make, the refocus that we need to make, kind of like the shepherds and angels just blasting into their view. I pray that it would be that clear to all of us right now. I pray that you would help us to know what that small change is. And then help us to do it. Help us to go after it. Help us to take hold of it. And God, we just, we look forward and we thank you in advance for the great things that you will do as a result. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Let's stand and worship.